Welcome to the X29 Podcast. Hey listeners, Jeff Metters here, Director of Assessment for Acts 29, and I wanted to let you know that you are all invited to this year's Acts 29 North America Conference taking place in beautiful Denver, Colorado, October 3rd through 5th. Matt Chandler is speaking, Jen Wilkin is speaking, Tony Marita is speaking, Brian Howard, and many more. And right now, you can take advantage of our early bird discount rate and register for just $99 US dollars. And early bird registration ends on May 20th, so act fast. So be sure to head to acts29.com slash NAC22 for more. On today's podcast, you'll hear a session recording from our urban conference, which took place last October. You can listen to this session and a host of others from that conference by following the link in today's show notes. So tune in as we hear from Pastor Rich Rivera on the topic of replanting a church. So there's no way that I'll be able to say everything that I want to say about replanting a church in the time that I've been gifted. So I'm just going to assume that you, like me, find that planning your church was the hardest thing you've ever done. So the idea of replanting a church could be a little fear-inducing and crippling. I get it. So why do it? Why? Well, the answer to that is this. You replant a church for the same reason you planted one in the first place. You, you plant a church because it's planting churches is good for the body. How do I know that? Because Tim Keller said it. Right. The the vigorous, continual planning of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for one, the numerical growth of the body of Christ in the city. And two, the continual corporate renewal and revival of existing churches in the city. You also plan a church because you figured out that you can actually pull it off. Your gifts are best used this way inside of the body. You, You do it because you've been assessed and affirmed and sent right by others. Because we know what happens to people that are kind of self-assessed, self-affirmed, and self-sent, right? They self-destruct. And you plan a church because you want to say thank you to God, right? Not, Not only for saving you, but also for sending you to participate in his work of saving others. It's a beautiful privilege. That's why I planted Restoration Community Church. And, and let me keep it a buck. For a while, we were killing it. We did our thing in hard place on top of hard soil. Things were moving right up until they weren't. And listen, I was not prepared for how hard that was going to be on me and the congregation. We had a lot of conversations on what was happening and on what had to happen. And in hindsight, we probably had too many conversations. But then I finally came to the realization that I had to replant the church. Now, I remember speaking with Papa D, that's Doug Logan, that's what I call him. And he asked me this question, is this a rebranding or a strategy? Now, in the moment, I answered back right away. But looking back at it, that's a heck of a question. What he was actually asking asking me, in essence, is this. Is this a business move? Or are you motivated by the burden to see spiritually dead people live? So my answer to Doug right in the moment was this. Sometimes something good has to die in order for something better to grow. In John 12, 24, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat 
falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Now I know Jesus is talking about himself here. I get that. He is the seed about to be planted to produce much fruit. It is he who has to die to bring forth a harvest. It is he who models self-sacrifice as obedience to God's will for us. Like, and I know that Jesus' words sit securely inside of the work of salvation. I get that, and I hope we all do as well. But do we know that the church is a lot like seeds? It's small, seemingly insignificant, but it's full of life. One scholar commenting on this verse writes, There is both beauty and bounty when a seed dies and fulfills its purpose. Beauty and bounty. Now, I began to read Jesus' words in the context of his church, and I couldn't help but see the beauty and the bounty in replanting our little local expression of his big C church. So let's just talk about the church real quick. The church is Jesus' bride. It's his. He loves her. Paul says this in Ephesians 5.25 when he's encouraging the husbands to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The church is the city on a hill of the Beatitudes, right? Matthew 5.14. The church is the shining jewel in God's crown. That's the one we read about in Zechariah 9.16. The church is a big deal, and if you've been called to plant and lead a local expression or representation of Jesus' bride, you've been called to care and steward the witness and the mission of God's church. And you're called to do that in place and in time. And that's hard enough to do when things are going well. But when things aren't going well, it's almost impossible. The The joy, the happiness of the work, it's gone. There is an immense sense of sadness hanging over your head, and rightly so, there is absolutely nothing sadder than a bride who has lost her influence, beauty, and shine. Nothing. Nothing sadder than a bride that is stuck, unable to move towards the prize that God has called us to in Christ. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus commissions his disciples to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And at Restoration, we were going for a while But something happened. People started coming to us and we stopped going to them. And the lesson that I learned in that season is this. Spiritual complacency is a dangerous thing. The research tells us that churches between the ages of 10 to 15 years old, they get about 80% of their new members through transfer growth. That's a Christian leaving one church for another. New churches, on the other hand, they get about 60 to 70% of their new members from good old evangelism and discipleship. Right? New, new churches are just better at reaching new people. For us, we plateaued at, in year five. An entire calendar year went by without us celebrating the public declaration of faith in Christ via baptism. Our witness and our mission was derailed and we needed to get back on track. We needed to be back on the block, listening to and learning about people's stories so we can point them to God's grace inside of his bigger story. His story is one of redemption, renewal, and restoration. So in essence, we needed to get our missional mojo back. Mm -hmm. Because mission is why we exist. Mission matters. 
Christopher J. Wright writes, mission is not ours. Mission is God's. The mission of God is the prior reality out of which flows any mission that we get involved in. Or, as has been nicely put, it's not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission. So this is all about God's mission and God's church. Would restoration have died if no changes were made? I don't think so. But I do know it wouldn't have flourished either. So sometimes something good has to die in order for something better to grow. Because there is both beauty and bounty when a seed dies and fulfills its purpose. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Like I knew this was going to be hard. Like remember, churches are a lot like seeds. And if seeds could talk, I'm sure they wouldn't be too happy about being put into the ground. I know I wasn't. The important thing to note here is that there is hope because we all know how this ends. The seed is vindicated when the sun is glorified. We know this. We know this. So if you, like me, find that the witness and the mission of the church you planted has come off the rails a bit and you're thinking about replanting, here are a few things that you can do to ensure that time, which is a non-renewable resource and spiritual energy, isn't wasted. All right? You can pray. Why? Because the church was birthed in prayer. Point blank. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to what? To prayer. Nothing moves without prayer. So pray. Pray that you would follow the example of those first followers of Christ. Pray that you would become a person that prays at home, in the temple, and prays on the block. Pray that you would not grow weary in your prayers for God to heal and deliver the community you want to reach. Pray that God would grant you the boldness to speak his word. And after that, dream. Allow yourself to dream because the God we serve is able. Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ask God to give you a holy imagination for what his work through you could look like. And then after you do that, seek counsel. Don't skip this part. Beloved, I know that sometimes it may feel like you're alone, but you're not. You don't have to sit under the weight of replanting a church alone. You have people around you on your team that could be a support. They're probably already there. You have us. You have an entire network of church planting ninjas willing to listen, give wise, sound, biblical, and pastoral counsel in the midst of your difficulties, your uncertainties, your anxieties, and your fears and doubts. So don't go solo. Then after you pray, after you dream, after you seek counsel, then you got to make some changes. Now, this is a big one, right? If you don't make enough changes, you'll end up with the same thing. So you, you may, in making changes, feel moved to rewrite the church's vision. You may have to stop, um, or you may have to change your leadership track. You may have to stop giving lectures and start preaching. Mm. Mm. 
I'm just saying, whatever it is, make enough changes so that you don't end up doing the same things over and over again, expecting a different result because there's a word for that. Now listen, this is not going to be easy. It's not. It's going to be hard. You will need to pray, to dream, to seek counsel, and you will need to make changes. But there is beauty and bounty when a seed dies and fulfills its purpose. And sometimes the good church that you've planted has to go in the ground. It has to go in the ground. It has to be replanted in order for it to fulfill God's appointed purpose for his mission in that place and in that time. So be encouraged, beloved. The seed is vindicated when the son is glorified and Jesus will get his glory. So don't be afraid. I leave you with Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Thank you.